Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 462 of the JV Club with my guest, the wonderful Kelly Landry. Oh my gosh, I love Kelly so much. You will hear much, much, much more about this in the episode, but she and I worked together on a super fun cartoon for Quibi in 2020, which also means that she was a dear and wonderful pandemic friend who I never got to see, but who absolutely made my 2020 much brighter. I feel sure you're going to enjoy this episode. It's so interesting and and great, and I can't take any credit for it. Kelly's amazing. But enjoy this episode, and I hope everyone's doing well. Oh my gosh. Hi. Hi. How are you? Listeners, if we start the episode at this point, which who's to say it could end up picking up later in the conversation, but uh, I am very excited to see my old boss. <laughs> Dare I say? Your boss. That <laughs> sounds so weird. <laughs> my old boss, Kelly, who created one of the most fun projects I've ever worked on, uh, animation that was so funny, and I'm so proud of all the work that we did. Do you want to tell people what it was? And I will say before you tell people that... Um, this needs to be a show. It just needs to be a show. And yes. you did this thing where you did something with such a specific conceit that it was perfect for the platform that it was on. And I feel like it that's that you did such a great job of creating that that people are like, but it was a thing for this thing that was and this was the conceit. It's like, no, this could easily be a half hour show on Fox on Sunday nights. Like, yes. Anyway. Tell, tell the people. Well, tell thank people you. About your thank brilliance. you. Yes. Um, it was an animated comedy series called Your Daily Horoscope. It was on Quibi, and it was the astrological characters come to life in a workplace comedy. So we really got to explore, you know, the interactions (sighs) between signs. You got your horoscope every day. You got the workplace drama. Oh, God. It was it's so great. And I feel like, yeah, the the part of it that was the horoscope, which was such a fun, perfect daily little nibble for people is like you could you know, you can take that out because the characters, if obviously because people aren't going to watch their horoscope on Sunday night. But if you take that piece out, the characters that you created are so freaking funny. And I mean, I watched every single day, all the characters. I laughed my ass off. My animation reel is like stacked. I had to like pull back on not putting too much Daily Horoscope stuff on there because it's so funny. You were, uh, let me, everybody, I mean, and I mean, you guys know this, you're here listening to her podcast, but Janet was phenomenal, like blew my mind every, every time you got on the mic, it was just, you're such a pro, the Gemini twins, you know, like that, those are my favorite uh, characters. I love, I love the Gemini twins. I love, I've missed the, the one that like hurt the most in some kind of weird way was cancer, like losing her. I was like, I really miss cancer. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Leo is basically just a more obnoxious version of me. (laughs) Gemini twins. I feel like I try to incorporate the spirit of those twins in whenever I audition for anything anymore. (laughs) Yeah. But cancer, I'm like, oh, she was so special and specific. And like, cancer was amazing. And I miss her. I miss how fragile she was. Fragile (laughs) and hard. She's a crab. Fragile and hard. She's a crab. Hard on the outside. She is a crab. Um, Oh, you slipped into cancer. 
answer there. Oh, no. she's She comes out all the time. Okay. Don't worry. She comes out all the time. Um, and but, but the other actors on the show were so brilliant. Like, Pisces was so funny. And, and Libra was so funny. And... I still, uh, when something shocks me, I still go, what? And that's not, I don't do that voice, but it was like one of the, fun, I, it just, it was such a great show. I wish, wish, wish of all the things I've worked on, I think that's the number one where I'm like, no. Yeah. It, it needs to be somewhere. Come on. Well, and partly maybe it's because it also got us through a pandemic. Like this was literally I the mean, show maybe, but that when I the still pandemic look, I still hit. watch it and it's really funny. But I mean, yeah, for sure. Yes, it's I mean, no, it's amazing, but I feel yeah. like the connections I made with people um in relationships, they just feel so much stronger because we were all each other hat during so the pandemic. Right. No, you're so right. And we were we were recording once a week, but you know, we were recording such a, a vast amount of stuff and you know, just hearing your voices, hearing my little team's voices uh, every week and kind of checking there. You're so right. There was like a check in we would all do where we'd be like, I mean, you were so busy. You couldn't be there every time. But um, there was always like a how how's everybody doing? Like, yeah, how are we all? This is crazy. What's happening? How are your neighbors behaving? <laughs> What's going on? I was I swear if after like halfway through the show, if I had woken up in a mental institution and they were like, there is no pandemic, there is no show, you had a mental break and convinced yourself you were creating a TV series within your apartment. Yes. I would be like, yes. you know, that checks out. Oh, God. That checks out. It was like a oh, fever God. dream. Because it was, yeah. you and, know, oh, we yeah. set up this whole show in studio. Then the pandemic yeah. hit. We had to move everybody remote. I had yeah. never done animated comedy. So oh I'm thinking God. that, oh, I'm going to have all these talented people around me. Yeah. You know, like my supervising director and all that stuff that no animation. And yeah. suddenly I'm not in a studio surrounded by those people. I'm alone in my apartment. So when oh people call God. me with a question, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, who I should I, know that. Who, what should I add? Well, yeah, should, but also shouldn't, because like you said, that's not, right. you're so right. I mean, it's that is really a situation with something like this that's being birthed whole from nothing to not have just a scattering of people around five feet away that you could just walk over to and be like, you'll know the answer to this is just, yeah, it's just outrageous. And I, to be honest with you, I didn't even really think through, I mean, I think you and I chatted about it briefly one day, but it was like, what do you even have time to, you don't even have time to say, I this is crazy because you're juggling so much. And you're on the East Coast also. And so you guys were hit fastest, hardest, you know, so in in environments that made it really hard to still like go out and get a meal somewhere. And well, I was in California when it hit. Oh, you were in the. Th OK, OK. And then but I went New to the East Coast. Yeah. I went to Maine okay, to escape okay. to my parents' basement. Got it. <laughs> so, guys, don't worry if you are living in your parents' basement at the moment. There is hope for you. I ran a TV show or a TV show out of my parents' basement. OK, OK. So and also um, I do want to say um. I didn't personally create the show. I came on to showrun it because it okay, was an incredible it, okay, idea. Okay. And I obviously helped create it and develop it. Uh, yeah. But the initial concept um, was from Jesse Serval and, you know, Daniel DeCourcy at Attention okay, Media. And they it. were just brilliant. It's possible that I on. never met them. And so yes. I No, but I will take full credit. Don't everything to you. Don't worry. <laughs> and I had this incredible team around me. Like, it was just, you know, uh, it was such, it was the biggest team effort I've ever been a part of. 
I, I am so proud. And I think you're right. I do feel like there's a sort of soldiers like together in war kind of camaraderie that exists. And we also never got to get together and celebrate it together. No, you know, we never we got to sit down at a at a pub and just like have a beer and tell each other how great each other were and hug each other and stuff. We we missed all of that. So in some, some maybe in some weird part of the of the next timeline of the next year or something there will be some kind of crazy opportunity where at least some of that can happen we should Um, do that and i have to say i'm not i can't say too much but we might be taking this out as a half hour comedy oh my god i would show up for that i would make any i mean listen i have very few legit connections but anything i can do to help amazing anything i can do to help now let me scootle over to you being in your uh, parents' basement in Maine. Is that where you grew up? Is that, I mean, not in the basement, but uh, you're, did, are you from Maine? Did your parents live in Maine? Is that their, like, is that your sort of childhood home? Yeah, I grew up in a town called China, Maine, in the middle of nowhere, on a lake. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ma- I've never been to Maine, and it bothers me. It bothers me that I've never been to Maine. You should, you should definitely go in the summer. Don't let it bother you too much, because there's only, like, three months <laughs> That are great. It's like between, you know, June, halfway through June to halfway through August is the perfect right. time that's to go to Maine. Otherwise, short. it's What about frigid. changing of the leaves? Yeah. Actually, what about like an October-y? Yeah. Yeah. October is beautiful. All the leaves changing. and But the summer, you know, you get like lobster rolls and walking by the ocean and that's sure. all the, all the, like, the lighthouses and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, you get all the lighthouses, which is they everyone change knows, with the season. disappear down into the ground. Uh, when it's they summer. leave, you know, when the leaves fall. <laughs> and Maine is 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 it one of the more sparsely populated states in terms of like I feel like it's compared to parts of Canada in some ways, where it's like for being a, a relatively small space, it's not like jam packed like your New Hampshire's or your New Yorks or no, no, it's very small. Like the when I I ended up going to NYU. And when I moved to NYU, my dorm building had more people than my town. <laughs> Amazing. It was wild, you know, and we, Not we many had people one say that. like blinking yellow light in our town, a store called The General Store, which sold everything. And like sure. I would roll up to that store in high school. I thought it was so cool. And I would be like, put it on my dad's tab. Like it was that small of a town. <laughs> but is that does that feel stifling in some way as well? Like were your was your high school just people from that town or did you go to more of kind of a feeder school where you at least were with people who live a little further away? Yeah, I went to a high school in the next city called Waterville, the big city. It's really really <laughs> still very small. But people from all over, like 30 miles in any direction would go to Waterville or some surrounding schools. So my school, I don't know, I had 130 kids in my class. Is that that's kind of typical, right? It's small, but not tiny. Yeah, I that's yeah, that's small. I do, people, I feel like embarrassed that I don't have a stronger sense of the size of graduating classes when I have done a podcast for almost ten years, in which many times people will say, you know, well, there were two thousand people in my graduating class. Like, I can't. I still feel like you have I no don't idea. really have a handle on what's average. But it was a public school. Yeah. So it was like a small public school by virtue of the fact that there just weren't that many kids yeah. across those 30 miles. That's a long commute for some kids. Oh, yeah. No? Well, I would drive 20 minutes. And I mean, this is true story. In Maine in the winter, it gets like 10 below zero some nights. Yeah. And there's periods of the road home from my school that I didn't have reception. Like there was a swamp you go through and there's, you know, it's Maine. There wasn't great reception, especially when I was in high school. Yeah. And so we had to carry 
flares and like emergency blankets in the car. Because if you went off the road in the winter, you would die real quick from hypothermia. Or if your car broke down. Yeah, that's intense. That's intense. And it's not like, yeah, you're not getting on a school bus. So you're all sort of in it together with an adult. You're not necessarily in a position where you can carpool with a few people like that if you, so you were basically making that drive alone yeah if you drive after school late for like i obviously was in like drama obviously you, i also played <laughs> soccer too so i was like you know i was well-rounded yeah good for you you jock i love it you could be in a small school you can be i think because they didn't have enough point. people for good point you know yeah did you did you feel like this is something I often bring up with people who are from smaller communities. Did you feel like, oh, everyone, I mean, I, I guess you were meeting people. Did you meet people in high school that you definitely had never met before because your school, you were coming from, people were coming from further away? Because I always wonder if it's like, oh, the same people, they just know me. No, you know, I, I actually, always use the cliche of like, you can't come to school goth one day, you know, the first day of your freshman year because everyone's like, Kelly, we all know you. <laughs> I was not cool enough to come to school goth. I was very basic. <laughs> but I actually went to a middle school or elementary school in China. And then there was another school in China you could go to. like, But it was still in China, but it was just equal distance to Waterville because that's how it oh, spread out the town okay. was. Or yeah. South China. And so I ended up going to Waterville, which was an entirely new high school for me. And not yeah. many of my kid, the kids from my elementary school went to that high school. So it was all new people. My older sister had already gone there. She had a bit of a reputation. So I had, oh, oh. yeah, I was, what was immediately a little Landry, like Jack, right. Jackie Landry's sister. Sorry, Jackie, I'm going to talk about you. I wrote a whole show <laughs> based on her. So, oh, nice. Yeah. So she's used oh. to it. How, okay, wait, what is the show and how, I mean, that's amazing that you have a sibling that inspired that. So tell us a little, oh, yeah, well, no, the show, unfortunately not, you are going to have to tell us more about Jackie. Well, it's out, it's kind of in the works. It's in development. I'm pitching it around. Uh, but oh, it was nice. called Carmen's a Bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's about a high school mean girl who realizes uh, that she's a bit of a bitch and that uh-huh. karma is coming back to her. And so she makes a list of all the wrongs she's committed and she sets out to make them right. Oh, that's a no brainer. So she's fighting against the mean I girl within her. Cannot wait to play a teacher. <laughs> yes. And you will. <laughs> Everything in me was for a second like, I wonder what high school student I would play. I'm not in, I'm not a teenager, nor am I in my mid-20s. You the played the teenage cool age in air quotes. Right. The mid-20s is the teenage years. <laughs> That's right. In casting, we're like, can they 28 compatible? Well, Rachel McAdams <laughs> is 28. That's what everyone says. Rachel McAdams is 28. It's a good example. Girls. It's a good example. It's a good example because it's a successful example in that I was not thinking about that the way I think about that in other movies or television shows where you're like, I absolutely can see that you have gray in your beard. What is happening? You are not a sophomore in high school. He's a dumb sophomore. He was held back a lot. <laughs> That's all. He's undercover. It's fine. It's 21 Jump Street. It's fine. Um, okay. So so was Jackie's reputation that she was a little saucy? Was she a mean girl? Or was she a victim of a mean girl or none of the above? She was a mean girl. Mm-hmm. But she she was like super charming and she could really like people loved and feared Jackie, like most mean girls, you know, like yeah, you she's have a to, psychopath. I'm totally kidding. A hundred percent. She was. <laughs> no, now she's a, and we can I can joke about this now because now she's like this lovely, incredible woman, more well adjusted than I am because she has like a real job and children <laughs> <laughs> and all those things. But she was a little bit of a yeah, total psychopath. Like I would have kids, I would have friends 
that would I would be like getting a ride home from school. And they'd say, hey, Kelly, can you drop me off on your way home? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, sure. And they'd be like, wait, is Jackie driving? Oh, and then God. they'd change their mind because yeah. they were like, never mind. I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. But she was also so magnetic. She was like the cool mean girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I well, guess, that's, yeah, that's a, I mean, and I can't wait to see all of this play out in this show that I'm 100% sure you're going to sell because what a great idea and also something I haven't seen before. But just that balance of being someone that, you know, if you're that mean, it doesn't matter too much. The only thing that people want if you're that mean is just to be left alone. But if you're mean, but you also want that person to like you, like if you, you know what I mean? Like where you're like, oof, I wish I could just write this person off and be like, they're just a jerk. But like, I'd love it when they say hi to me in the hall. And it's <laughs> so know? entertaining to watch. Like yeah. one of the producers that I was working with on this, he said, it's like watching, like watching a mean girl is like watching a really great stand up make their way yes. around the room. Like you yes. can't wait to hear what they're going to say next as long as it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> Absolutely. It's entertaining. So- People love Mean Girls, but we never get to see the redemption of one. And that's what I was so ex- yeah. interested in exploring is like, especially in our culture these days where it's a very much like a cancel culture and it's almost like people don't want to allow other people to get redemption or to try to change. It's like they they harp Dude, on them, yeah. but then don't <clears throat> allow the change. Which, by the way, and I, I know this may be a very uh, inflammatory thing to say, but I do have to say that a lot of those people are also the people advocating for criminal justice reform where they want to stop recidivism. And it's like these prisoners aren't being given a chance to reform, which I firmly believe in. But if you can't give a person who said something stupid 10 years ago on social media another chance. Yeah, but yet you're like social, you're like being a very loud social justice warrior for people who have committed far worse sins, but also deserve the chance to redeem themselves. It's like something is so broken here. Yes. it's Something I, is so broken. How can you have compassion over here and have like troll passion over here, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it really relates to people's egos or their own standing in the world. Like if you have a villain... It's great. You want them to be a villain because then in comparison, you Mm. are the good person. They might be, you know, rich, wealthier or better looking or have some of the things that you want. But if you are the better person, then you have that piece of moral high ground over them. But if they start to change and, you know, redeem themselves or really change their ways, then you don't have that moral high ground anymore. Then who are you compared to them? And, you know, you have to look at your own self and... I think people like it's easy to have a villain. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hey, did grad school ruin your reading habits? Oh my God, all those books you had to read for grad school. Did becoming a parent destroy your ability to focus on a book? Did the pandemic tank the number of novels you can get through in a year? Ugh, that happened to everyone, and we're Reading Glasses, and we're here to help. We'll get you out of a book slump, dismantle all that weird reader guilt. Which we know you have a lot of, but most importantly, we'll help you fall back in love with reading. Reading Glasses, every Thursday on Maximum Fun. When you did come onto the scene, was there, were people sort of like feeling you out in a way that a non-Jackie sister would not necessarily experience, both from teachers and from students? Like, 
Hey, how are you? Staring, staring. What's she going to say? What's she going to say? Yeah, I think people definitely were teachers definitely had their eye on me. They were uh-huh. like, oh, another Landry. Uh-huh. And so I felt like I had to be like extra good. And I was a bit of like a goody two shoes in high school. I think just because I was fighting against sure. the, you know, the role that Jackie had set. Yeah, I yeah. didn't drink in high school. I didn't have sex in high school. I, I mean, I fooled around. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and I took a pregnancy test twice before I'd ever had sex because I was convinced that I was pregnant. You know, oh, you hear those stories. Oh, sure. Like if, if a boy, you know, okay. you make out with yeah. your clothes okay. on, like you could get pregnant. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So it wasn't as, it, it wasn't necessarily as abstract as like I may have sat on something on the toilet in the public restroom. It was still a little bit more like we, I did something. Oh yeah. It was fooling around. Led. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. <laughs> no, in no way ever could I have been yeah. pregnant, but I was uh-huh. convinced because also in high school, it's yeah. that scary time where like you're, if you're doing sports or you're stressed, like maybe you miss a period or something. Oh, sure. And so then sure. coupled with the, oh, like we fooled around. Right, right, <laughs> right. And the, cra- the sad thing is because the crazy thing is about being in a small town is I couldn't just go to the Rite Aid and buy a pregnancy oh, test. Good point. I would drive like 45 <gasps> minutes uh-huh. to a town where people didn't know me because in my in town. wig with glasses. Yeah. My niece may have, oh, cancer came out. Uh, I need to buy this for my niece. She's uh, She's been a little loose lately. Oh my God, I miss that. <laughs> You should just bring her out all the time. You should just have a split personality. It's it's so close to being there already, Kelly. Okay. And so did you know anybody? Like, was there also a sort of, oh, we've all heard about, you know, Marianne Smith who got pregnant and, and I have this person that I'm holding up that you sort of in that small town way where it's like, you could be the next person to get pregnant. Oh, yeah. Everybody knew everybody's business in the small town. And that yeah. was a nice thing sometimes for a sense of community. But if you messed up or if you, you know, did something and it got around, forget it. it life was miserable if something like that happened. <laughs> and girls, there were only so many guys at the school. So I remember like best friends would eventually like wind up, you know, cheating with each other's boyfriends. And it would, yeah. there was all the drama. Yeah. Oh, that's, I can't, there are few things that are more painful to my memory than the couple of times there was crossover before or after. I mean, I guess I do. I'm trying to think if I dated anybody who someone else had dated. I don't think so. There could be like a friend from my past who's like, I'm sorry, are you kidding me? You don't remember that I was in love with blah, blah, blah. But I definitely had a couple of situations where, you know, I felt like someone broke the, broke the friend code. And in my situation, there were plenty of people out there yeah. to choose from. And one of them, one of them, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I cared about that. Like, it's, it was so fine. And, you know, I, I, I had no right to be like bitchy about it. And then there is another one. The other one where I'm like, you know, when I think about it, I'm kind of still really pissed. Yeah. <laughs> like it's been a very long time. That is a horrible feeling. When you're a teenager with those hormones and that's the, the immediacy of your existence is like, this is my whole world. That's a, I, I could see myself calling in and calling in sick like I, I'm not oh, going to go to school today. I cannot handle this because it does physically affect you it's your whole world it physically affects you that's why I love doing shows set in high school because the stakes are so yes. high they're yes. so high and people say you know this doesn't matter don't worry this won't matter in five years you can't and you're like that. well I'm you in can't this hear that. now in your whole yeah. world 
you can't hear that. And it's such a charming like tradition and dance that we all uh, participate in in that way, because as you get older, you can't help but also say that, you know, you're just like perpetuating the cycle of like, I'm compelled to say this isn't this going to be okay because you're a person who wants to make someone feel better. And yet also know that that young person is like, that does mean I got it. You've got you've given me nothing. I've not I can't use that at all. Yeah. They're like, I have no one to sit with at lunch. Everyone's going to be staring at me. You know, like nobody wants to hang out. That is nothing. Uh, Okay. And so were your friendships, were they also kind of locally based or did you have close friends who also were on the other side of that 30 mile kind of radius or 30 mile diameter or whatever? I'm really bad at math. Yeah. A lot of my friends lived right in Waterville. So the city where the high school was. So I was about 20 minutes from the school. So yeah, it was, um, I had a lot of friends that, you know, you didn't really get to hang out much on a school night. It's not like I could just like walk over like some of the kids that lived in the city. It would always be right. a track. And in the winter, forget it. There was always a snowstorm. There yeah. was black ice on the road. Like, well, that's a question is like, do you have was were your parents comfortable with you having, you know, like, I'm just going to stay at so and so's house tonight because I it doesn't make it. It's not good for anybody for me to get in the car and drive home sometimes. Yeah, but yeah. really not on school nights most of the time. Yeah, we yeah. drove home because I think. In Maine, like in my dad grew up in Maine, my mom grew up in Pennsylvania. That was kind of normal for them. Yeah. It wasn't like yeah. a whole crazy thing. And Maine's a little wild. And I'm like surprised we all didn't die. But <laughs> in Maine, like we lived on a lake and you can drive a boat when you're 12 years old without any adults around. You can pick I up have your to friends. Say that is a little surprising. So we would all get in boats, like speed boats. And go yeah. like zoom around the lake. We'd do oh donuts. And I remember trying to spray each other. And sometimes the boats oh would God. crash. Like, <laughs> But it's funny because my parents let me start taking the boat around to my friends when I was 12. But I was still not allowed to ride my bike down the road to the store oh because that God. was too dangerous. What an interesting set of like variables that they were taking into account that one felt more safe than the other. Did you ever have that conversation with them as a kid using logic being like, well, I guess maybe you wouldn't because you wouldn't want them to decide that taking the boat out also wasn't safe. So you just sort of take what you can get, huh? Exactly. Oh, yeah. And, and my parents were doctors, so they'd always come home and be like, you know what we saw in the ER today? <laughs> Some kid and a trampoline. So, <laughs> Absolutely. It was always like, a, you know, mini golfing. Some kid wound up with a golf club in his head. <laughs> Don't swing those clubs. I was like, okay. Oh, God. Yeah, that's stressful. I mean, just, yeah, having having that sibling that sort of has the opposite response to, you know, oh, everyone will know or everyone will talk about this. I mean, it sounds like Jackie had sort of was like, yeah, I'm this character. I'm this character in my family. I'm this character in my town. I'm this character at my school. There's a freedom to that. So I've created this sort of set of like pseudo rules that now I can do X, Y, and Z. And then you sort of swing the opposite way, which is like, I need to make my world smaller and more compact. But you know, the fact that you were still able to like whip around on a speedboat is is pretty shocking. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think I think I ended up writing you know, the show Carmen's a Bitch, because I realized, like, I I liked having Jackie be the villain. You know, mm. I liked that because then I was the good girl. Oh, sure, sure. I was the nice one. I could even do some semi-mean things and still, oh, no, Kelly's the nice one. Yeah. And then, you know, later Jackie wound up, she, you know, had some addiction issues with alcohol, and then she went to uh, AA in a rehab facility and, like, 
totally changed her life. She's this amazing person. Well, she always was an amazing person. She was struggling sure. with things like most sure. girls do. Sure. Yeah, but it was really, it's really interesting to see the the evolution of the two. And we also have a younger sister, too. Uh-huh. My younger sister Kim. There were three of us. Okay. How does your youngest sister fit into the family dynamics? She the baby who can sort of do whatever and no label gets put on her by her parents? Yeah, or she was just kind of like, she kind of marched to the beat of her own drum. Mm-hmm. It was always like, she didn't really care what other people will do. Like She always wanted to hang out with me and my friends, obviously, because I was so cool. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and yet still but, accessible, still accessible, not too mean. Still accessible, so cool, really <laughs> a good person. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, she, and then she came into school and... We're we're closer in age. We're a year and a half apart. So I mean, we very, are very I love the I'm very into these three sisters right now. I feel oh, like yeah. I, you're very close. The three sisters. It was the land we were the Landry sisters. We were the Landry sisters. We also sang together at like like church talent shows. Yeah. Fairs. Yes. So we were like the musical Landry sisters. Oh, come on. That's fantastic. What a fun identity to have within your family that's and super in this, cool in a small town you can yeah. be you can be like oh those sisters that sing because there's yeah. only three of you yeah you know? <laughs> it's funny I, after performing in you know in high school in small towns i thought i was like i was like i'm gonna be a pop star uh-huh. like i'm going to be a professional singer like i am legit yeah and then i remember i was going to audition at nyu uh-huh. for musical theater yes and I get there and like I go to shadow the school and I hear some of the kids singing. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> I've made a horrible mistake. Oh, no. Terrible. The big fish in the small pond. So yeah. many of us can relate to that, though. Oh, and I got in the audition. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent. No, I got no, no. No such thing on the show. Room. Yeah. And at NYU, for, I was going to audition for musical theater. I get in there. You have to prepare songs, monologues. Sure. And this was like all my hopes and dreams. And I get in the room and I break down crying to this woman saying, like, I've made a horrible mistake. Oh. And I was like, first of all, these kids are amazing. And I think I'm great. But I think I'm more, you know, and then musical theater kids, you know, were so like running down the hall singing. And I was a little more yes. reserved. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I've made a horrible mistake. The woman... <laughs> I love her. I, I'm pretty sure this is why I got into NYU is because I had this meltdown with yeah. her in the room. And she was Ugh. like, just take a deep breath. Like, it's okay. Why don't you do your audition? Then we'll talk. And so I did my audition and we talked. And I really was just so vulnerable, opened up. Like, oh. I think I'm going to, I know that's not me, but I am a great actress and I want to yes. pursue that more. And so I got into Stella Adler. Oh my the, God. The acting side. Wow. What would have happened if you had just sort of, you know kind of stumbled in and done your thing and and walked out like I wonder you're right I I mean first of all you easily might have she might have been like I see where you belong I still see it whether or not you know I'm getting this sort of expose of your inner feelings yeah I don't know I think it was really because I like bared emotion to her or maybe just the act of doing that made my performance better the act of being like let's get real yeah let's talk um yeah but I'm sure my performance was great but it couldn't have been I don't know. I don't. I was I mean, a girl from Maine. Thing, well, the whole thing is so the, the whole thing is so appealing to me, and I and I think I'm exactly the kind of if I were a teacher, that's exactly the kind of thing that I would just sort of love is you know the difference between like the way to handle something like that, that realization of that falling into crisis, you know, going into this kind of weird bravado mode where you just sort of close yourself off versus 
just having to like own it and having that honestly yes having the access to your emotions and the vulnerability to show like I don't I'm not a know-it-all I'm actually kind of in shock right now and I know I have these passions but I also want to be pragmatic about what makes sense I mean I think that I feel like as a professor as an instructor I would be like you're my star pupil (laughs) you know I would be like this is exactly Uh, the kind of person I would want to have in my class like I love uh, that. Thank you. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's probably it's she saw something vulnerable. She connected. Maybe she felt bad for me. She was like this poor girl from Maine. But then it was I then I did try to be the star pupil once I got in. Yeah. And they were not having it. It was a nice. <laughs> oh, no. They like I needed to go there to understand what it was like to have people not like you to be OK with it. Right. Because in Maine, when you try to be the star student or you're like work really hard and get good grades and are nice to people. You're you're fine. Everybody's like, right. oh yeah, that's Kelly. She's great. Yeah. But at NYU, they told me that I was not interesting. One of my teachers, she was okay. like, you're, nice. you're not interesting. And then I realized, I thought I was like, I don't. What am I supposed to do? Like, well, I'll tell you the the thing that kind of sent me into a spiral at NYU was at the end of my first year, at the end of everyone's first year, they give you these reviews. Like some people get pages and pages of like notes on their year and their strengths and their weaknesses, and it's like your overall culmination, yeah. your summation of your first year. I went to the Tisch counter to go pick up my thing. Every All my friends are getting like stacks of papers. I get one sheet oh, no. of paper oh, whoa. with one sentence on it that said, needs more life experience. Whoa. Wow. That's risky. Can I just say that's risky? Because I feel like the wrong kid could take that and be like, so I got addicted to heroin. Uh, I was there was <laughs> yeah, a lot I felt like, like I needed to take on. Like I was, I got into some sex work. Um, listen, there's nothing to be ashamed of about that, but I was right? personally not ready, and I got some life experience, and maybe that was bad advice. Yeah. So <laughs> you know? I dropped acid, and uh, now I'm not in college anymore. Oh my god, yeah. that's intense. What did you did you go to your advisor and say like I get I feel like I should probably ask about this. No, because I kind of felt like that would be, I think what they were getting at is there was a, I was definitely a people pleaser in high school. There was some aspect of me that was so hyper aware of what everybody was thinking about me at all times. Yes. Which makes it really hard hard, to be an actor. And it's hard to be interesting when you're trying to curate a picture because what's interesting is like authenticity or your, you know, things you don't like, fears, emotions, what you know, really being honest with someone. You know how you feel closer to someone once they share something maybe they're ashamed of or... And so I think at NYU when I first got there, I was like, I'm from Maine. And like, hey, I'm Kelly. Like, this is good. We're all good. And I didn't really allow, which is so funny because I guess in my audition, yeah, I broke through and was a real person. Yes. And then it took me a while to really break down and not care what people thought. They didn't like me at first. I mean, I'm sure they liked me okay as like a person, but as an actor, they were like, you're just not interesting. Yeah. But that wasn't you weren't dismissed like this isn't the right place for you. It really was the sort of challenge of like, who? No. Who are you? Um, Yes. What did you take that? Like, what did you take from that? Like, sort of how did you I mean, was that a situation where you sort of walked away for the summer and really kind of took that in and then approached it differently when you came back? Or was it more of a long pieces of that process? No, being the type A overachiever that I was, I um, did college in three years. So I did classes all summer. So I didn't step away at okay. all. <laughs> Got it. In hindsight, 
that might have worked. Instead, what I did is I was just like, I don't know. Because when you're a people pleaser, you don't know what they, and you're so used to trying to figure out what people want. Yeah. But that's the problem. I was yes. like, okay, what do they want me to do? And even that was yes. the problem. And so yes. they kind of, and I think it was calculated a little bit. They pushed me to the point where I couldn't care. Yes. If I want, yes. I was like, I can't, I don't have the energy. I don't care. I remember in one of my reviews at the end of the year, like the panels they do, I think it was my last one. I walked in and kind of like told some of them off a little bit. And I think they were like, thank you. <laughs> Finally. Like, this is what we've been waiting for. I pulled down my pants and I pissed right on the stage. And they were like, you finally arrived. Yes. They're like, she's a star. <laughs> well, I think that's really interesting because, I mean, what comes up for me when you say that is, and this comes up on the podcast a lot because it is such a, a seminal part of how we take in the world and how we accept criticism when we do get it as kids and how that sort of can grow almost like the tree that grows in the direction it shouldn't until it's breaking through a window instead of like reaching the sky where if that doesn't get pruned right at a certain period in your life it just continues to sort of grow in this crooked direction and I think back to being a theater major in college and, you know, yes, having had a, a, a advanced drama teacher from freshman through senior year, I don't think I'd learned anything. I mean, no offense, but offense because yeah. he, I, he was not You're present like, no in offense, that way. They were terrible. That was not good. But like, you know, I was fine. And being at as a major, having a professor who really kind of believed in me and took the time to like continuously cast me in scenes from like Sam Shepard or some other thing where it's like these very physical performances, earthy, they're not intellectual, they're more instinctual, like all of this sort of raw stuff. And he really hammered into me like you're just too in your head. You're just playing. You're just you just think too much. Yeah. And I feel like presenting as someone who doesn't accept criticism well, people are like, and this is, I would not say that he thought I was arrogant in any way, but but I know that I that I was like the kid that was like, um, great to know. Okay, um, yeah, no, you, I'm sure I'm sure you do feel that way. <laughs> like, oh, but inside, and there you think there's an someone from the outside looking at that would be like, what an arrogant child. But it's the opposite of that. It's like the more you're fronting to act like, well, I don't agree with you. The reality is you're poisoning yourself on the inside. Oh, on the inside, yeah. you're like, oh, so I'm garbage. What I'm hearing is I'm garbage. Right. And that's what I'm trying to protect myself from. If you were arrogant, then you just it wouldn't you wouldn't feel it at all. Or you would be like, oh, I'm so amazing. I can take this and roll with it. But if you're oh, a person yeah. who has imposter syndrome or whatever, then when someone says something constructive, your go to is to be like, oh, really? And like fold your arms. And on the inside, you're like, I deserve to die. I should be dead right now. I should be dead. I should be in the ground. 1,000%. <laughs> or you're like, uh huh. Yeah, totally. And then you walk away and remember nothing and have no idea how to change anything that you did. But it's so hard Absolutely. to tell a kid to like, just don't overthink it. Because you're like, yeah. that's all we do. That's all I have. That's all I have. Like, exactly. That's all we have. What was your favorite role that you played? Oh, I mean, it's so it's such a cliche and it's so I wish I could say something different, but I got to play Heidi in the Heidi Chronicles. And Amazing. that is a classic example of like, first of all, the director, the, the professor who was my advisor, kind of mentor who had given me all of those scenes, then immediately cast me as the lead in like a highly intellectual, like a child playing a grown woman who thinks too much. It was like, oh, OK, so. 
I guess yeah. you've I guess you've put me back in my place and where I like, truly oh, belong. So that was fun. But what you're telling me is I will be typecast. That's right. So like this was all for nothing. That's right. That's right. But um, it is important to have those mentors or that one person. I did have there was a guy at a teacher at Stone Street Studios where I kind of did a summer program. And his name was Gary Bennett. Uh-huh. I still remember it. He pulled me aside after I did a few scenes and he said to me, Hey, you're really good. And people might not realize it right away, but don't worry. They'll figure it out. Huh. And I was like, he was like, so don't stop. And I was like, okay. That's a good And I remember him saying that to me. He was like, you have a a really, um, you're really talented in a really amazingly subtle way. He was like, so when you get in the right zone and you get in the right, for the right roles, he was like, they will see it. And I was like, oh. Thank you. Those those little gems that you can tuck away, and and honestly, then they, that does become like the kind of armor that is effective. Do you know what I mean? You're like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm armed with something, and of course, it's not about what other people say. Of course, you have to find that in yourself. But let's be real, especially as a young person. Of course, you're going to be positively impacted. I mean, what what are you going to do? Be like, I appreciate that, but my opinion of myself is more important. <laughs> like, oh my god, that kept me going. I'm you know, I moved out to LA absolutely. with like that in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was like, I can do it. I am talented. It was just so nice to get that. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Congratulations. You've won a ticket to attend an exclusive opportunity in a relaxing environment with two lovers. Wow. Well, this sounds like a sort of proposition of sorts, but really it's an ad for our podcast. Wonderful. It's a show we do here on Maximum Fun where we talk about things that we like and things that we're into. I'm Rachel McElroy, and you just heard Griffin McElroy, and we are excited for you to join us as we talk about movies and music and books. Things like sneezing or the idea of rain. (laughs) Can you get news or information you can use? Absolutely so. you cannot, because we're here to talk to you about Pumpernickel Bread. You can find new episodes on Wednesdays. So catch catch the wave! What was a role that you loved doing in uh, in college? Gosh, I've blocked so much of it out. Honestly, I, uh, it was the, fir- the first thing I think of was like, I definitely remember playing Heidi because there's a lot of memorizing that I had to do. I'm yeah. not sure I could name that many other. I didn't have to do that much memorizing because I was never cast as a lead. Uh, um, no, I was um, uh, Don John in Much Ado About Nothing. I played a man. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's yeah. great. I and would really love to be given an opportunity like that. That's yeah. fabulous. That was really. And I think that was. Ugh. So it was like they did. They were pushing me and they were like, get out of here and stop being nice. Like, be a man. Yeah. Just be something yeah. totally different. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, yeah. actually, this takes us into, this is a good, this is a very good segue into our MASH game that I play at the end of every episode. Woohoo! Um, I am going to give you some categories that I, I do very much hope will be fun for you. Um, certainly a good gateway into it would be three roles. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be theater. It could be, you know, whatever kind of springs to mind, whether it's a TV character or a film character or, or a, a a character in a play um, that it you get the opportunity to do in this alternate universe that we're creating for you with, you know, sort of age, gender, all of that kind of stuff is is just a non-issue. We're sort of living in this ephemeral world where, you know, you could today play Don John and no one would question it because 
you know, we sort of are creating this world where that doesn't matter. So three roles that you think would be really, really fun to have played or to play with just the highlights. It's like only the good stuff is, you know, you, you don't have to okay. worry about like being tired. <laughs> um, ooh, I think I just because it's top of my mind, Ruth from Ozark. Oh, I love her. God, character. yeah. Julia Garner. Ooh. ooh, so good. What a special man. I remember she turned up in The Americans many years ago and even then you're like oh oh like it's yeah. it's a real setup and table like, oh what's happening here what is happening here and i just saw her on jimmy kimmel a clip on jimmy kimmel where she's talking about how she gets the accent for anna delvey oh yeah and it's just such a strange accent. to see her she just switched she's like i started with german and she does german and then i added this and then i added this and suddenly yeah. she's talking like it and it's amazing to watch oh so you know what i absolutely will seek out that clip because i do find that fascinating okay ruth love it great choice give me two more uh harper angels in america great 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 tina fey 30 rock Liz great, great great that's a very easy one for me to imagine you stepping into today that's just she's kind it. of like my icon Leslie Nopes, Liz Lemon. Yeah. Those yeah. are the women it that makes I aspire sense. to be. It totally makes sense. Um, but I put you on the same level. Like, I don't, I'm not like, oh, wasn't that nice that you would aspire to? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, oh. you're, you are that sort of in your, in your own category. Um, okay, next one. Let's do three foods that you can have in this alternate reality at the snap of your fingers. And there's no ramifications. It's not the only food you're eating, but it does mean that if you want unlimited lobster rolls, you're never going to get, you know, feel full or sick or anything like that or like a sheet cake whatever you want three foods french onion soup dumplings from oh. stanton social in new york oh, hello amazing have not found them anywhere um yeah i didn't even know that was a thing you said french onion soup and i didn't know there was gonna be a word after that dumplings oh yeah they're like on these little sticks it's amazing oh i'm sure they're insane okay great um cold pizza with black olives like great. leftover cold delivery pizza Great. Straight from the fridge, black olives. Love it. And the Susie Cake Celebration Cake. <laughs> Great. This is how it's played. You are killing it. Okay, great. Next one, let's do three people. I'm not going to say they have to be not alive, but stretching your wings to maybe it won't happen that you get to collaborate with them on something and it could be that all three of them are dead and that is the exact reason why but three artists and it could be a painter it could be a writer it could be an actor a musician a composer anybody three people that you would love to have or or would love to collaborate with um on something okay this is an architect gaudi oh yes indeed i am obsessed with gaudi i love that answer so that's one. You know, you think amazing. I was like, this amazing director. No, this architect. Uh-huh. Um, no, it's great. Gaudi, um, Betty White. Oh, yeah. Recent. Love her. Yes. Oh, that would have been great. I would have loved to have seen what that looked like. Right. I feel like we would have been great friends. Absolutely. And I don't know. I'd love to do like a, a remix with Mozart. You know, oh, I did some music shit, back yeah. in the day. Okay, great. Wonderful. Okay, uh, next category, let's do three places in the world. Uh, we are going to give you a second home, and we're going to sort of be able to teleport you there. So distance is not an issue. Barcelona. Great. Gaudi again. Cape Town, South Africa. Great. And Greece. I've never been, but I'm drawn there for some Got odd it. reason. Yeah. So I would say like um, Santorini. Oh, sure. 
maybe not Mykonos because it's like a party. I would just travel there from my home in Santorini. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Cape Town is in the zeitgeist of women that I love and respect right now. Like it's a, it's an answer that's been coming up a lot lately and it's it, I really need to go. It's really? become clear to me that like, I mean, I'm not saying it's every person's answer, but I've had it enough in the last year or so, which might even mean just like three times. But it stands out because it's not, you know, necessarily like it's not like saying Paris. Do you know what I mean? Right. I got to right. go to Cape Town. I got to go to Cape Town. Well, it's amazing. It's like where the, the city meets the ocean and there's like baboons running across the street. But there's yeah. also really cool, you know, posh places. There's yeah. a lot. You know, there's just amazing. Mixing of cultures the that culture, I've heard is just like yeah. kind of magical. And Trevor great. Noah. I'm going to go. Trevor Noah, put that on the list. Speaking of Trevor Noah, or speaking of uh, attractive uh, people that someone might have a crush on or be interested in spending some time with, let's do some mash romantic slash sexy times in this alternate universe. Three people, I don't care if they're characters from things, cartoons, uh, living or dead, any age, any era, three people that you'd like to have some long-term or short-term romantic or sexy times with in this alternate universe. Paul Rudd. Great. (laughs) <laughs> he's evergreen baby evergreen Ooh, i mean ryan reynolds comes to mind you're picking two people who one of them i don't know and one of them i know a little but it's like super great guys oh my God. <laughs> like well, extraordinarily I... successful yet also somehow continuously like just great people well i think that so that good has, job that also plays into it i think it yeah that, that means a lot to me i also i mean i would be like hook a girl up but i have a boyfriend right now yeah. But like, please hold. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, okay. This is like Richard Gere. Love it. Love it. I, I think maybe I've said this before, but uh, he, when you kind of discover him, and, you know, he was already, I mean, I guess Pretty Woman, I was like obviously still quite young when Pretty Woman came out. So it's not like he was like my guy. But something about his little, like, I always have a secret. Like, it just feels like yes. you know, that's part of his vibe. It's like, like the little twinkle I have a lot in his pri- eye. Yeah, I have a lot of private, I'm having a lot of private thoughts right now that are going unspoken. Is like, wh- you don't see that. And then you see him and you're like, wait, he, he, what is that? As a young yeah. person, you're like, wait, what is that? I like this. What is it this? It is so good. I remember there was a movie. I don't, I still remember the name The Jackal. Like oh god yeah oh yeah 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 yeah. So with Bruce Willis too, right? That's yes. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. He, Bruce he's like Willis a bad too. the bad guy. I remember yeah. it as a Richard Gere movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know why? Because Bruce Willis was constantly in costume and in disguise. Right. So you forgot that he was the Jackal. Right. Um, and Richard Gere is chasing him. Yeah. He's right. smoldering. What can I say? Oh. Okay. Great. Um, next category, let's do three movies, speaking of movies, that you can jump into and just be in. You're not reliving the plot. You're just like in that world having that sort of vibe. Mean Girls. Great. Clueless. Great. Office Space. Agreed, agreed, and agreed. <sighs> I don't know if I've ever laughed harder than when, I guess, I think it's Tina Fey, I can't remember if it's the dad or the mom, says we have tickets to Ladysmith Black Mombazo because I fully went to see Ladysmith Black Mombazo and I felt like I was being spoken to straight to my heart. I was like, <laughs> oh no, I, I understand that this is both totally dorky in most people's eyes and also like a super cool thing that I would do with my dad and have done with my dad. That's like amazing. I still, <laughs> you say that line and I don't even, I don't even know who they are. Oh who my are God. They? they sing on um, 
Paul Simon, my dad's a huge Paul Simon fan, uh, they sing on his Graceland album. And then they oh, okay. started touring by themselves after they were discovered and kind of mentored by, not mentored, they were doing their brilliant, brilliant work. But in terms of being introduced to like American pop and stuff, um, yep. they're just this amazing. Anyway, yeah. Lace with Bacombazo, shout out. <laughs> uh, okay, next one, let's do, well, let's do three musicians that you can sort of snap your fingers and you know, or just like anytime they're ever on tour or whatever, they're like, come to any show you want, of course, come backstage. Like, I want to hear how you think my set went. These are like a, musicians you adore who adore you back. Ooh. All right. I would love Bob Dylan, but like, I know he's probably not having like cool backstages right now, but I would love just to be like, but we could put it, you, but you, you could, could shoot go, you could shit. time travel. Like, you could okay. be, we'll send you back to, yeah, whatever Bob Dylan era you feel like or eras. Got him. Amy Winehouse. Great. And maybe this is basic, but I love Milky Chance. Great. It's fabulous. Fabulous choice. Okay, great. And then uh, final category, let's do let's do three fictional characters that we sort of bring out of fiction and into your world as a buddy. And it could be like a... Uh, you know, a cartoon animal as much as it could be Liz Lemon. Like it could be, you know, anybody. Okay. Um, cancer the crab. I heard cancer the crab. Okay. I've put yeah, her down. Cancer. Totally cancer kidding. the crab. Oh, fictional. I Because when you said fictional, I thought animated. So I was like, Doug? Can, can I have Doug as a buddy? Yeah. yeah you Doug. can. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you absolutely can have it. It's Doug. Great. I don't know, like Melissa McCarthy in anything. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm trying to think of like the kid in me. I always loved like Harriet the Spy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Like yeah. that character, just when you're little. Like, yeah. I mean, if it's right now, then maybe not. But if yeah. me as a kid would want that, um, me right now, that's not my third one. That's, let Got me it. think. Let me think. Um, <laughs> Spinelli from Recess. Is that her name? Yeah. yeah. I love her. I'd have her around now. Let's put her down. Great. So now to, just, just to give you a sense of my mental state right now, I have two animated characters uh-huh. <laughs> for the friends that's, that I would from that's childhood. That's what I would do. No, that's what I would do. Uh, okay. Give me a number between one and seven. Four. Great. I'm going to go through these. Now, there's a couple options here. If there's stuff that you want to send people to, to check out, enjoy, uh, be aware of, follow you on social media, anything like that, you can um, plug that right now as a sort of like Amazing. That. Uh, yes. Okay, good. All right. So do that while I'm doing this, and then I'll come back with your 100% guaranteed alternate universe mash. Okay. Time. Amazing. Okay. Um, everybody can come follow me at Kelly Landry Live. I do lots of fun content, mainly selfies of my face. No, I'm just kidding. Not <laughs> um, I went to Joshua Tree recently. There's photos if anyone's interested in like checking out the Integratron and some like really hippie oh, yeah. mushroom trips in Joshua Tree. Oh, wonderful. My Instagram. Yeah. Instagram at Kelly Landry Live. Twitter is at Kelly Landry. I have some funny YouTube videos you can check out. I'm trying to think. I don't really have anything. Right now, I'm really like in the development and trying to sell some stuff. So hopefully soon, there'll be lots of stuff you can watch on TV or in movies, which also is on TV now. Also true. Also true. And also, everybody, go go Google your daily horoscope and watch how amazing Janet was in that. So you can see. So you can still watch it. Find it places. 
Uh, you can find the trailer. Okay, I don't think you all can right. find actual episodes. I'm going to have to post my own animation reel so that people can see. Yes. Unfortunately, yes. it's very Janet-centric, so you can't see all the other extraordinary work that was uh, happening on that show. But, oof. I mean, what a favorite. What a favorite. The good news is that my pen sort of ran out of ink as I was doing this. Oh, but I feel like I can absolutely still see what I was up to. Do you think that means something about my future? Like you're going to get more than most people? Yeah, I do. Oh, amazing. Great. Yeah, because Perfect. I stopped being able to cross stuff out. Oh. Yeah. This is unprecedented. This has never happened to me before. Ooh, okay. Spicy. Yeah. That being said... Maybe I'll give you the mash that sort of is reflected by like, oh, you'll get part of <laughs> this other thing. First, I want to congratulate you on your beautiful apartment in Barcelona. Ooh, I mean, don't yes. mind if I do. Really, really great. Uh, I can only assume that it was co-designed uh, with Gaudi. <gasps> Gracias. I mean, this is... <laughs> I always like when the things that sort of connect continue to connect. Makes like you sense. Get the things that are connected to each other. So that's happening. You also have the ability to just sort of experience life alongside Bob Dylan at some of his shows, like throughout his career, whenever you kind of feel like it, which is really yes. cool because that's also like holding kind of a mirror up to the times that that would be in. So you sort of got this whole the times like, span of like, yeah, because the times they are changing. I hate myself for setting you up for that. <laughs> But well played. Uh, Thank you. So that's fabulous. You can also disappear into office space whenever you want. Oh, I've got Gowdy Dylan in office space. I know. I that know. That is everything I need. Well, don't worry because you also get to play Liz Lemon <gasps> in, in, in the next iteration of however that presents, which you would Ugh. absolutely murder. You can have unlimited cold pizza with black olives whenever Ugh. you want with zero negative effects. Never gets old. You can share all of this with your buddy Doug. <laughs> and with your romantic partner, Paul Rudd. <gasps> Yeah. Who never ages, by the way. Who so he's going to be looking good forever. Never ages. And by the way, would appreciate and love any and all of this. So I feel like he's he definitely eats cold pizza with black olives. No question about it. No question about it. And you know what? Weirdly, would also really get along with Doug. Right? <laughs> Just my boys. Just me and my boys. boys. Paul and Doug. <laughs> hanging out. Bobby. Bobby writing a song Bobby, about the, yeah, the four Bobby. of us and hanging then, out. And no big Liz. deal. And me is no Liz Lemon. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a beautiful golden uh, mash series uh, of results. Thank so I'm you very, for giving me this new um, You're so vision welcome. board. You're so welcome. This is my new ideal saying I'm going to manifest. Now. Yes, all of those things are headed your way. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Kelly, this has been so much fun. I've been looking forward to this for so long. I this is so great. I just really hope we get the chance to work together again because I just think you're the bee's knees. So we will. You're that will, it so will amazing and talented. And Speaking of manifesting, wonderful things, person. That's a yes, let's put it out there into the universe. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. It was so fun too. Oh, you're so welcome. Hey, listen, everybody. 
Uh, now you know why I love Kelly Landry so much. Uh, now I got to get the other two Landry sisters so I can put it all into context and have my own personal concert. That's my mash future. Yes, uh, maybe we'll do a jingle for you. For your please podcast. do, please do. I'll come up with a list. Uh, everybody else, I hope everybody's staying safe. I'm tired of saying that, but it continues to be true. I'm never going to not wish you guys are safe. You know what I mean? I'm never going to wish that people are in imminent danger. Even so, after the pandemic. Even after the pandemic. Listen, car crashes are up. Everybody stay safe. I will talk to you all next week on the podcast. The show is produced by Julian Burrell and Christian Duenas. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Remember when we could save kittens from trees? Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.